millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kira, for Eyewitness and RNZ National, I'm John Baker. Imagine this. Manchester United, the top professional football team in the world, going head-to-head with a bunch of Auckland amateurs who train together only when their day jobs allow. How do you reckon that game might go? In 1967, Kiwi football fans got to find out when the Red Devils came to New Zealand for two games. Spoiler alert, Auckland got thrashed. But there's more to the story than just the scoreline. Through the best, best should score. He's going through, he's shot. Yes, it's there. Clever play by Best, running towards the corner flag and somehow getting it into the far corner with a lovely piece of footwork by Best to complete goal number eight for Manchester United. Manchester 8, Auckland 1. And that was the final score. Auckland 1, Manchester United 8. Not bad, really, when you consider that in 1967, Man U were probably the best team in the world. They just won the first division championship, now the Premier League, and two of their team were World Cup winners, and in the following years they dominate the European competition. But within two weeks of taking out the first division title, the Red Devils, as they're known, would be lining up opposite a team of enthusiastic amateurs on a muddy rugby league ground in Auckland. Billy Hunter and Mark Burgess were two of those amateurs, and Mark says their lives back then were a bit different to those of United's team of tough professional players. Billy was, he just bought the uh, the lorry, got yep. the trucking business underway, and um, he was approaching that with the same enthusiasm that he headed every ball that came his way uh, on the pitch. I'd gone to Binghouse to try and develop a career in a, in a trading company, and that, that was what I was doing. Billy Hunter says he struggled to fit in training with running his new trucking business. I'd park one of the trucks somewhere around the domain, and then I'd run down to the sports field and train and then run back to the truck and carry on working for the rest of the day. Back then, Manchester United regularly went on an end-of-season tour, but mostly stuck to Europe. This time, though, they travelled to the United States and Australia, with two games pencilled in for New Zealand. The first is against the Auckland Rep team. Local football officials were fretting about being able to afford to host United, but businessman and administrator Charlie Dempsey said he'd pay for it if they were too scared. Newmarket Park was the home of football in Auckland then, but with a capacity of approximately 8,000, it couldn't take the expected crowd. Nearby Carlow Park was big enough, but it was a rugby league ground. It wasn't a good pitch at all, was no. it? It was blood, rough, the, really the, rough. The, the corner, I guess the Parnell corner over by the stand, was just mushy. It was just mud. Manchester United touched down in Auckland in late May. Manager Matt Busby tells the press his team are in town to win and to entertain. When West Ham United played the Wellington Phoenix in 2014, they fielded what could politely be described as their B team. But the United squad of 67 has all their aces. George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton, Nobby Styles, John Aston, and a teenage Brian Kidd, who now manages arch-rivals Manchester City. This is a legendary team, the Beatles of football. Three of them now have statues at Old Trafford. George Best is a pop magazine pin-up in 1967, and women seem to like him too. 
his reputation did precede him, but I think I was uh, I was only weeks away from actually getting married, so I wasn't. I don't think I was too concerned about whether uh, my uh, first wife um, was going to charge off with with George Best. But he he his he did have a bit of a reputation. Oh, yeah. I think he yeah. proved his reputation. Did he? I don't know. <laughs> No, I think that's that's for a private conversation one day. <laughs> a thousand people watched their training run at what is now Western Springs Football Ground. New Zealand is introduced to the Red Devils, who in turn get their first taste of Kiwi conditions. And it was it was sort of muddy and dreadful. There was there was quite a crowd there. Most of, I think a lot of the uh, the sort of guys who played in the t- top league in, in Auckland were uh, were down there having a look. Look, yeah, yeah. you don't have access to uh, that level of team. Uh, training these days, you don't. Uh, just, no. That wouldn't happen uh, no. on some suburban park. No. <laughs> in 1967, teams didn't prepare the way they do now. Billy Hunter. I think the difference today is that you can see them play. You would have seen, you see them on television every week if you want to. So, and somebody would analyse their game, and you would set up a team. You would set your team up to at least cope with some of what they were capable of doing. That wasn't an option in those days. On the morning of the game, the Auckland team is treated to a big breakfast by coach John Schwanner. Mark Burgess finds himself forcing down a fillet steak with loads of potatoes just hours before the big match. I mean, I might have only eaten a, a steak like that about three times if I was lucky in my life to that point because things, uh, things were a little different in, uh, in, in those days. Um, and I, I'm... Convinced that that wasn't the right thing for me to eat before uh, going and playing a, in a game of football about a couple of hours later. The day before the United match, Carlo Park hosts three games of league and the pitch is a bit ripped up to say the least. Early on game day, the goalposts from Newmarket Park are trucked to Carlo and set up in front of the league posts. When Billy and Mark turn up that afternoon to play, it's the first time they've set foot on the ground. We didn't have a training session at Carlo, did we? No. No. I mean, we, that, that's how different things were. So we hadn't been on the um, on the park. I'd watched league matches there. I'm sure mm. Billy had. Boxing. Mm. We used to go on, there used to be big boxing matches down there. 2.30pm, Sunday the 28th of May. Kick-off, Auckland versus Manchester United. 26,000 people are watching. More than for any game of any code at Carlow Park. It's a big day and Mark Burgess is feeling it. Or it might have been the potatoes. For the first ten minutes, I could hardly breathe. I was so uh, so bloody nervous out there. Manchester starting to come again. Nobby Styles running up into the attack now, coming right through to inside left, flicking it out to Cantwell on the edge of the box. It's into the and here's the first goal. But nervous or not, Burgess and Auckland hold their own for 15 minutes against the best team in the world. Then it begins. John Aston scores for United, and by half time, it's four nil to the Red Devils. They score again after the interval but Mark Burgess sets up teammate George Lamont for a goal that has the Auckland crowd roaring. But uh, he's worked his way past one of them and he's hammered it towards the middle and here's Stiles, Burgess pushing back to Lamont, shot, goal! Goal! George Lamont, 22 minutes in the second half. It was an alleged back heel, but I don't re- recollect it that way at all. Uh, Ray Mears got the ball out on the left, crossed it. I got it, surprisingly controlled it well enough to uh, uh, to kill it. But I, with with my back to the goal, George was just over there, so I just gave it to him and he smashed it into the back of the net. 
and uh, that was a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Five one. Five one. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. we were in with a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Field. Very fine dribble indeed. He's got it across now to Best. Best going through the middle. He's brought down. Penalty kick. Penalty kick. Two defenders converging. Hunter and Rennell. Penalty kick. Superstar George Best carves up the Auckland defenders, but comes a cropper when he runs into Billy Hunter. Manchester United is awarded a penalty. Today, Billy is still a little coy about the incident. Well, I think I blame the other player, you know, because I would never have pulled somebody down in the field here. That sounds quite unlike Bill. I yeah, don't very know where unlike that came me. From. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure that it happened, and I'm sure that it was uh, one of those um, pieces of uh, football that Best was able to pull on you. And when I went for the ball, the ball just had, wasn't there. <laughs> it had disappeared somewhere. <laughs> Brian Kidd scores from the penalty spot. It's 6-1 to the visitors. Earlier on, Mark Burgess had his own run-in with Kidd. Bloody good aggressive uh, footballer. We clashed uh, and he su- suggested if that happened again he would break my leg and I think I might have returned the compliment. Manchester United find the back of the net twice more with John Aston completing his hat-trick. At the final whistle, the score is eight goals to one. Auckland have been beaten, but they haven't been humiliated and after the game, the two teams meet for a drink. These days, if you went and played against uh, Barcelona, you possibly wouldn't finish up in a uh, an after uh, in an evening function and having a, a 10 minute chat with Lionel Messi uh, but these guys, these were they were um, they, they were very normal people and chatted briefly with Busby who was um, who, who was a who was a lovely guy I mean he seemed a hundred years old then to me but I think about half of them smoked and uh, was uh, they were having a beer I mean we just intermingled we all threw some money on the bar and they even made us put money on the bar which hurt yeah, but that was the, that was the, the scene they were getting. The, they were professors. Was the again. way, yeah. yeah. But, but, and we all threw some money on the bar, and then we we all just sat around and intermingled for a couple of hours, just the two teams chatted, and it was fantastic. And as Mark says, they were just mm. ordinary everyday people. There was no no stardom amongst them. I can remember after having a discussion with one of the team, he said to me, "Well, how much money did you get to play?" And I said, well, no, we didn't get any money. <laughs> and he looked at me blankly as if to, he was quite shocked. And he said, um, no money at all. I said, no, um, in fact, it's probably costing most of the players that are here money because they they have had to leave their jobs. And he said, oh, wow, he said, if we want some money, we just go and ask the manager when we're on tour like this, and he just gives us money. Billy Hunter measured his reward from the game in terms that had nothing to do with money. And maybe this is just me, but you hope like hell that maybe they notice you. You're playing against the best team in the world. You kind of want to play your best, and you hope that that's good enough, and you hope that they notice. Mark Burgess believes the big boys did notice and admire the struggling amateurs from down under. They ad- admired the determination that uh, both Auckland and New Zealand had in, in continuing to try and, uh, and and play football in the best way that we knew how, they were they were watching us and um, they uh, they didn't disparage us. So that was uh, that was the sort of people they were. Both Mark and Billy play in the next game in Christchurch, where Manchester United walloped a New Zealand selection a sorry eleven goals to nil. The visitors flew to Australia for the last leg of their tour. 
Over the next 50 years, Manchester United will win 20 Premier Crowns, a dozen FA Cups, a Club World Cup and too many European titles to mention. Their top players are all multi-millionaires, with a recently departed captain, Wayne Rooney, earning an estimated £80 million a year from his salary alone. The visit by Manchester United certainly boosted the profile and the purse of football in New Zealand, but didn't change much for the local players. Billy Hunter played six international games for the All Whites while running his trucking company and having a successful business career. Mark Burgess gave football away after 1967 to concentrate on cricket. He played 50 test matches and captained New Zealand before retiring in 1981. Manchester United returned to play in New Zealand in 1975. Neither Billy nor Mark were part of that, but if the Red Devils came back today, both men look fit enough for another 90-minute match-up. Maybe some of the injuries are starting to show. <laughs> we limp occasionally. <laughs> I've got two, uh, two knees, knees. So, uh, and, and you're intact, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still intact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. reasonably intact. Yes. This story was produced by me, John Baker, and executive producer Justin Gregory. We used archival audio from Natawa Sound and Vision. The engineers were Jana Witter and Jeremy Ansel. Subscribe to Every Eyewitness podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way, more people get to hear about Eyewitness. If you like stories about history, then you should listen to Black Sheep, a podcast series from RNZ about the shady and sometimes downright villainous characters of New Zealand history. The current episode is about Arthur Desmond, possibly the most widely read and influential political writer New Zealand has ever produced. Unfortunately, the book he's best known for, Might is Right, is, in the words of one reviewer on goodreads.com, sexist, racist, classist, and more violent than any Tarantino movie. And he's mostly read these days by neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and hardcore Donald Trump fans. Here's a taster for you from Black Sheep. The fact is, like it or not, that um, Might is Right and Desmond's work continues to be read continues to influence spotty little shaven-headed skinheads to the present day. It's worth knowing where the book comes from, who wrote it, what sort of character he was, just how dishonest and immoral and rather ludicrous and pathetic a figure he actually was. Black Sheep is produced and presented by William Ray. Join the herd. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Kakite Ano. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.